This is Think Retail, a podcast where top designers, strategists, thought leaders, and business people discuss what's coming next. Hi, this is Melinda. You're listening to Think Retail, and today we're talking to Ray Gracewood from Organogram. As cannabis legalization sweeps through North America, there's been a corresponding race for brands entering the market in what amounts to a gold rush turned green. And Organogram is one such brand. They've been in the market from the time that medical cannabis became legal in Canada in 2013. And they now offer a range of brands, including that medical line, Organogram, and recreational lines, Edison, Edison Reserve, Anchor, and Trailblazer. So Ray Gracewood is the SVP of Marketing and Communications for Organogram, and he's going to tell us about the roller coaster ride at the front lines of the cannabis industry. Ray, welcome. Thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure, Melinda. Nice speaking with you. So could you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be working for one of Canada's early starters in the industry? Uh, sure. So... Um... Really, the thing that appealed to me from the get-go was it was it was truly from a marketing and branding perspective. I think a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that you know allowed a select group of individuals to get together and start to define what a brand could possibly look like in a new regulated environment in, in Canada. And I think when we think through some of these opportunities and call it consumer packaged goods or, or, or other uh, products is, you know, very few opportunities to really kind of have that opportunity to, to, to put your flag in the ground. So I think that was the thing that first drew me to, um, to the industry. And then couple that with the fact that, you know, my, in my past life, I worked at Moosehead Brewery, which is, you know, a very, uh, is an independently owned brewery located here in the province of New Brunswick in Canada. And, and, and the company Organigram was also, a New Brunswick-based company that uh, had very much, you know, national and international aspirations. So I think there was there's a bit of that as well, where I just wanted to be involved in something that I thought was um, going to be something that was done incredibly well here in our province and had the opportunity to be a, a leader right across the country. So it's been just over a year now that Canada has legalized adult recreational cannabis and Organograms launched a number of brands into the market. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the highlights and the speed bumps that you've experienced over this first year? Yeah, well, I think um, it's fair to say that there's a lot of both, to be completely candid. Um, it's been certainly an interesting first year and a half to, to legalization here in Canada, and I think as I look back over the process that has got us to where we are now, you know, we've had to pivot and make an awful lot of changes based on, you know, a changing regular uh, uh, regulatory environment, competitive environment, rates of uh, industry growth that, that are, you know, unexpected and, and fair to say slower than what we had anticipated. So, you know, I think for us, one of the biggest challenges was understanding what the playing field looks like and whether that's from promotional perspective or a branding perspective or packaging, all elements essentially of the marketing mix were kind of up for grabs and working with Health Canada to start to understand what we were allowed to do and not allowed to do and, and us knowing just based on experience how long it was going to take to turn over a lot of those things I think created an, an element of, of frustration in that, you know, we need to make decisions now that have significant strategic and financial implications. But at the end of the day, we're not 100% certain on, you know, what, what the environment's going to look like. And I, I point to, 
packaging design as being one of those uh, one of those things that we went far down the path on in, in a couple different instances and felt really good about what our brand could stand for and how it could look like to consumers. But then at the end of the day, after we get regulations, obviously puts us in a very different uh, a very different place. Yeah, absolutely. So when you began thinking about developing these brands, specifically the adult recreational brands, you, we, we all knew competition was going to be fierce. What factors did you feel were the most important for success? So, so I think as a company, Organigram has always been focused on sticking to business fundamentals and, and not getting too wrapped up in a lot of the, the hype that is, is sort of been in and around our industry. And I think that kind of goes back to our focus on strategy to begin with. So we've, we've always had a very strategic approach to understanding the fundamentals of brand development and, and what we need to do to understand what that portfolio of brand needs to look like. So, you know, I think that we've been a firm believer since day one that this industry will evolve to a place where uh, brands will be king. And I think it's fair to say even now, as we speak, I don't think that the industry is quite there yet. And sometimes we need to be a little bit patient to understand that brands aren't built over overnight and that they take time to identify themselves and to get into the hearts and minds of consumers. And, and we're very much at the early stage of that, I think, within the Canadian cannabis industry. So, um, but, I, but I think at the end of the day, what sets us up for success is having a strategy that we believe in and a good understanding of our consumer and, and also, you know, how we create differentiated products that kind of dovetail into the, that, that consumer segmentation and, and understanding the link between great and innovative products and, and interesting consumer groups that they appeal to. You're leading right into my next question is, it's so hard to know what consumers want when there is so little legal or even available uh, market research about what consumers are doing. Is there some indication now what kind of direction consumers are, are leaning to in these different groups? Well, I think, I think within our industry right now, within the Canadian cannabis industry, it's a blend of, of art and science that gets you to a place of really understanding your, your consumer. So the, the short answer would be yes, there is more data available now than what there was a couple of years ago. Um, now that we have established ourselves in a, as an industry, now that there is a core group of consumers that are purchasing legal cannabis on, on a regular basis, and, and there is a lot of great work that we're doing with our research partner in, in trying to understand how those consumer segments are emerging and becoming more clear and and how or if we need to adapt our brand strategy and our communication strategy to to deal with that. So when I look back a couple of years ago, um, there was far less immediate information and data for us to rely on. And and that's everything from consumer um, preferences all the way through to the ability to forecast volumes and some of the more you know, operationally kind of focused decisions that we need to make. But, you know, as as the clock ticks and time passes, we get a better sense of who our consumers are. And, and I think as the industry grows and continue to grow, we'll, we'll only, you know, be able to sharpen the sword and get stronger at, at, at understanding those groups of consumers and, and identifying new opportunities and, and new reasons to be able to hopefully lure consumers from the illicit market to the legal market. 
For those who are listening outside of Canada, I'll, I'll just lead into this question with a bit of an explanation. Just before legalization, just very shortly before legalization, the Canadian government announced that packaging regulations would be extremely strict to the point that the package itself is almost unbranded. Can you tell us a little bit about how consumers in Canada are making decisions about what brand they're going to go with, given that the package is no longer really a touch point where they can they can get any information about the brand? Yeah, it's certainly a unique challenge. And I, and I mean, when we had, had found out what those uh, restrictions were going to look like, part of my my heart as a brand marketer uh, died that day. But, I can imagine. Um, yeah, yeah, as we as we move forward, though, we start to get a better handle on you know how do you impact consumers outside of packaging, and 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 the reality is is that obviously packaging is very very important in terms of identifying a brand, especially a consumer packaged good brand. But at the end of the day, there's a, there's there's other tools that you know a marketer has in their toolbox. So for us, we focused an awful lot of attention on educating frontline retail staff on what makes our products different and 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 understanding our growing processes and points of specification around our our facility that you know how we grow is different and and the process and and how that sort of relates to certain kind of consumer groups you know that and I think that um, you know over time the one thing that I found is is quality is certainly the best marketing tool and I think at the end of the day it forces us to hold ourselves accountable to a higher level of quality and consistency with our products that then becomes very inherent and obvious within, you know, not just our, our consumers, our end consumers, but our retail customers as well. And and, and I think then it, it becomes more of a story about what's in the box versus what's on the box. So not to say that uh, I, I've never diminished the power of good packaging. And, and even within the restrictions as they are, there is some, there are some points of differentiation that we're allowed to use in terms of color palette and logo placement and, and brand mark design and, and things of that nature. So it results in a relative, call it, sea of sameness at, at the retail, um, in, within the retail environment. But we can differentiate based on colors and logos, as I mentioned. But really, at the end of the day, it, gets, it, it puts more emphasis on us telling our quality story and the story about our company and where the product comes from and, and, and providing you know, a strong mechanism for the retail frontline staff to, to communicate that message to consumers. That's kind of interesting. I'm wondering if we look at a state like Colorado, where there are very little restrictions on packaging and you can basically do whatever you want, do you think it's possible that we're going to end up with a better quality assortment in Canada because you're forced to use that as your differentiator? Whereas in Colorado, it could be that I'm drawn to this colorful, beautiful package and don't necessarily seek the amount of information that I might in a Canadian environment. Well, that's an interesting perspective. I I think that, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, quality always matters, regardless of, of the ability to sort of market through packaging. So th- there, there may be an element of that. But, you know, at the same time, I think when, when, we, when we talk about the regulations as they stand now and, and, and how the market is due to evolve over time, and, and we, we've gotten off to a very conservative start for good reason. And I think that if we look at you know, what the path forward looks like. One of our top priorities from, you know, an advocacy perspective is 
being able to have more leniency in terms of telling our brand story within pack within packaging and within branding. Um, so, so I, I think that there is value outside of you know any potential loss in quality or perceived quality, but I think there is some value in allowing brands to exist in the Canadian marketplace, and 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 what that does is it allows us a better opportunity to compete against the illicit market, who in some cases have all of the flexibility in the world to tell their story, and and quite frankly, when I look at some of the packaging I see from the illicit market. It, it looks far more legitimate than what you would see within the legal market, which, you know, from a consumer perception perspective is a real problem, especially when you put it through the filter of, of uh, public safety and the importance of that, importance of that as, a, as a mandate to the Canadian government. Right. So if you look forward to the next couple of years, do you expect the Canadian government is going to allow you that latitude? Well, all I can say is that it's a priority for us as, as not just as organogram, but as an industry to, um, to, to keep that as an agenda item and, and a topic of conversation, whether it's from licensed producers such as ourselves or the um, associations that we're, that we're a part of. Um, it's very much a priority for us to have those discussions and, and to create that degree of education. And, and our hope is, is that there will be movement over time. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to say how things and how quickly things might evolve and move. But the reality is, is that uh, we've seen it be successful in other markets. And Canada has an interesting uh, opportunity as, as the first G7 country to legalize cannabis for adult recreational purposes, and I think as a as a thought leader in that space, it's it's on us to to understand you know the importance of brands and and how they can potentially be a, a positive thing to communicate quality attributes and and things of that nature uh, versus it being used as um, you know some kind of potential issue maybe against appealing to children or some of the other uh, things that uh, have been discussed in the past. Aside from the packaging component of the of our conversation, what other changes do you see coming or do you hope to see coming? Well, I think that uh, most recently, the regulations evolving to include more product formats and packaging formats, I think, is, is certainly a step forward. So we've been, I'd say, slow on the uptake in terms of capturing the illicit market um, within Canada. And I think partially due to the fact that uh, we've been relatively controlled and constrained in the amount of products and product types that we can bring to market. So just recently, we've um, had the doors open to edible products, concentrate products, vaporizable products, and um, and cannabis beverages that I think, you know, in our estimation, probably make up almost 50% of the possible market. And that's just based on what we've seen in, in certain regulated states in, in, in the U.S. So I think that that, to me, is one of the biggest opportunities that's in front of us is, is to be able to market to a whole new group of consumers that might not be traditional cannab- cannabis users. So that would be daily or regular users that would prefer dried flour and enjoy the ritual of, you know, breaking it up and rolling it up and it's either combustion or in a vaporizer, et cetera. But there's a whole different group of consumers that I think appreciate the convenience and the discretion of some of these other product forms that are now available. So I think that watching that piece of the industry evolve over the next couple of years is going to be a real difference maker for our industry. And then I think the second factor would be 
you know, convenience for consumers in terms of distribution and points of purchase. So one of our biggest struggles this over the past year or so has been in certain markets, there's been a slower than anticipated rollout of retail locations. And I think once uh, there's a certain comfort level at the provincial, um, through the provincial jurisdictions and, um, you know, those retail locations start to pop up with greater ease and licensing gets a little bit more streamlined. I think having more points of purchase for consumers is really going to help our market along as well over the next two or three years. Yeah, that's absolutely been a big deal here in Ontario. So I agree with you on that one 100%. So if let's just imagine that another one of the G7 countries decides they are going to legalize cannabis and someone calls you up who's a brand marketer from that country, what what would you be your top pieces of advice for them in getting a brand to to up and running in this market? Well, I think I think first and foremost, it's it's, it's understanding the sandbox and understanding the rules and regulations. And in Canada specifically, we're we're very much regulated through Health Canada. And I think, um, you know, I've never worked in an industry or for a company or in a job where I've had a closer working relationship with my legal and compliancy group. So I think for me, that's the, that was, that was the the biggest change, you know, from my previous life and in more traditional consumer packaged goods is, is that you had less regulations and less rules to deal with. And sky's the limit when it comes to creativity and promotional ideas and 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 different concepts etc and i think for me it's you know especially in in an industry that's growing so fast like ours is it's really about managing your time and i think that the more you can manage your time to align with you know what is within the regs and you minimize the amount of time invested in, in ideas that are frankly never going to go anywhere. That would be, I think, my number one point of advice is is getting very cozy with the regulator and understanding exactly what uh, there's a good chance that you can and can't do so that you can maximize your time efficiency and focus your uh, your efforts in the right place. Ray, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. My pleasure, Melinda. Getting cozy with your regulators isn't maybe the sexiest advice we've ever given, but as cannabis legalization and regulation evolves, it might save you a lot of energy if you are at the front lines and understand clearly what limitations and requirements are going to be relevant in your market before you get too far down the rabbit hole. From speaking to a number of people in the cannabis industry, the other word of advice that keeps coming up is to be prepared for anything, be prepared to pivot, and expect the unexpected. That might make things scary, but as Ray points out, it is a once-in-a-lifetime experience for brand marketers, and it is a pretty exciting time. For brands and markets that aren't heavily regulated, there is something interesting to be learned from that constraint-driven environment. It's forcing brands like Organogram to focus on quality, on education of frontline staff, and on ensuring that their brand story is really compelling. Anything that can help you really tighten your message isn't a bad thing. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. For more information about Think Retail, you can reach us at info at sld.com. For more episodes, visit us online at sld.com slash podcast. Next time, we discuss biometric security and why now might be the time to implement it. We hope you'll join us.